I'm not going to cry. I guess I am going to cry. Um, <clears throat> their daughter, Kayla, is a sweetheart. She's my buddy. And she is in um, intensive care at Wake Med. And she was in a terrible, terrible accident the first of the week. And um, she's facing some, some battles. She's doing, she's doing good in some areas. Uh, but there are still some areas that are, that are just kind of unsure. And when they walked in, I said, guys, I, I, I'm so surprised to see you here. They said, Pastor, we needed to be here today. We needed to be here. We needed to be with our church. We needed to be with our church family. And so um, they're right here on the front row and we're going to pray for them at the end of this service. And if some of you would like to come up and, and join us, we'd appreciate that so much. And uh, we just love this family. They've been such a blessing to me personally uh, since they've been here at the church. And, and uh, they have, uh, Brian has taught for us on Wednesday evenings. He's an excellent teacher. And uh, they're just a great family. And we want to lift them up during this time. Now, let me get myself together here. <laughs> uh, we are a family, aren't we? We're a family, and if you don't feel like you're a part of the family, and maybe you've been coming for a little while, would you please call Pastor Andy? Pastor Andy was the one standing right here this morning singing. Would you call him this week at the church and say, you know, Pastor, I, I love the church. Let me tell you some things to say. I love the church. Pastor Farrell's awesome. The preaching's awesome. Just say stuff like that. And then, <laughs> and then say, and if this is true, say to him, but you know, I'm having some trouble getting connected. I'm having some trouble feeling like I'm in the family. And he will help you. And he will walk you through some things you can do so that you will feel connected in this church. And so you will feel a part of our church family here at Whitley Church. The presence of the Lord is here today. Did y'all pick up on that? Even though Carolina and State lost yesterday, I still feel the presence of God. Amen. And uh, sort of a humbling day for us. Maybe that's why God showed up. But uh, we're just happy you're here. If you're visiting today, you're one of our guests, and this is uh, your first time uh, with us, we want you to go right back here in the overflow seating area after the service and pick up a gift and information bag to take home with you. And um, it'll tell you a lot about our church, and there are a couple of little nice things in there we want to give you so you will remember us, and hopefully, if you're looking for a church, you will come back and visit with us again. Well, as Pastor Andy said earlier, today is a very special day for our church family, and uh, we are receiving offering fit for a king. For the last four Sundays, I've been preaching about generosity and stewardship. And how important it is that we have our financial house in order. Today I want to give you just a really brief message. And then we're going to receive the offering in a very, very unique way. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to ask everybody, when I get through uh, with the message, we're going to have the praise band come back up. And what we'd like for you to do is leave the middle aisle open. Don't come down the middle aisle. Come down the two side aisles, give your offering, and then go up the middle aisle back to your seat. And we're just going to drop the offering right here uh, in this beautiful vase that uh, 
that's been provided. So that's what we'll do. Kind of come down the sides, the far side, these aisles, and then let's go back up this aisle back to our seats. And then that'll cause our, our traffic flow to be a lot easier, okay? And we appreciate what you are doing today and, and what God has put in your heart to do. Let me give you very quickly seven reasons to be generous in this offering today. Seven reasons to be generous. Seven reasons to give generously in the offering fit for a king. Number one, when I give, when I am generous and I give, it makes me more like God. It makes me more like God. Did you know God is a giver? God is a giver. Anybody received anything from the Lord? God is a giver. Here's what the Bible says. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world, he gave. He is a giver. God is a giver. And everything you possess, everything you own, everything you have in your life that is good came as a gift from his mighty hand. Did you know you can give without loving? You can give without loving. You can come up here today and say, man, he's been harping on this. He's been preaching on this, and I'm going to give it so he'll shut up. Now, let me tell you something. If you come like that, let me tell you about your money, and, and if you come like that, we'll take it. I'm going to tell you that. We'll, we'll take it. We'll, we'll, I don't care. We'll take whatever attitude. But the Bible says, the Bible says, if you have a loving heart, you're going to just automatically be a generous person. See, you can't say that you love, and you can't say that you're filled with compassion, but be a miser, be stingy. If you want to be like God, you have to learn to become a giver. When I was dating Millie, um, my lovely wife, who if y'all knew what she did, you would actually pay her. You wouldn't pay me because she does way more than I do. But um, when I was dating her, I was in Bible college preparing for the ministry, and I didn't have much money. I worked at a place called Big Value Discount, and they paid you like it was a big value because they were getting a discount by what they paid you. But anyway, I hope you understood that. So I would make 70 bucks a week sometimes, and if I got a few hours over, I would make $100. And I remember, I just thought, if I ever got $100, good grief, I... I just was rich, you know, I was about 20, 20 years old, 19, 20 years old, and I, I'd make $100, I just thought I was rich, and uh, I remember how I just wanted to spend it on Millie, I wanted to spend it on Millie, if she was here today, she would stand up and go, boy, has that changed, you know, <laughs> then I'd say, I just bought you a house, hush, and so, so <laughs> plus curtains, and, and um, so, but, but, you know, I just wanted to give. I wanted to take her to the places she loved. I wanted to treat her with things that, that she didn't know I was going to give and surprise her and, and all that kind of stuff. And you know why? Because I loved her. You, when you love, you give. You're giving. If you're going to be more like God, you must remember that God is love and you cannot love without giving. Number two, number two, if you're going to uh, be generous... Uh, then that's a good thing because being generous not only makes you more like God, but being generous also draws you closer to God. When you obey God in your giving, when you do what you're going to do today, 
it will draw you nearer to him. It will draw you closer to him. Matthew 6, 21 says, where your treasure is, your heart will be also. So you have to ask yourself today, where is my heart? Where is my heart? I tell you that your heart is revealed in the things you treasure. And don't forget, I've said this many times. Let me say it again. If I want to know what you really treasure, all you have to show me is your checkbook and your calendar. Your checkbook and your day timer. I don't know if we still do day timers, but if you show me your checkbook and your calendar, where you spend your time, where you spend your energy, where you spend your money, that is the core value of your life. That is what you treasure. So what do we treasure? Do we treasure things, boats, houses, business, clothes, our children, our family, our career? According to the Bible, whatever we treasure, that's where our heart is. And so every time I give to God, every time I give to the things of God, Every time I give, just like in the video we just showed, every time I give to those kinds of things where children are blessed and the homeless are blessed and, and those preaching the gospel across the sea are blessed, every time I give to that, it draws me closer to God. It draws me closer to God. Number three, giving makes us more like God. It draws us closer to God. Listen, when you give, it breaks the stronghold of materialism in your life. It breaks the stronghold of materialism. It gives you victory over materialism. Here's what the world says. This is what the world says to you. The world says happiness can be bought. Happiness can be purchased. That's what the world teaches us every single day. If you buy this, you will be happy. If you own this, you will be happy. And then so we run out and buy it and we're happy for a little while happy for a little while and then it's something else we got to have if we want to be happy if the world had written it the world would have said life liberty and the purchase of happiness if you get certain things the world says then you will be happy but we know that's not true and we know what little pleasure we get from purchasing things. We know that it is temporary because those things wear out and they are temporal and they don't last. One fellow said this, and I think it's very powerful. He said, you make a living by what you get, but you make a life by what you give. This is important. Every time I am generous, every time I give, it breaks the stronghold of the love of materialism in my life. Listen, when you are generous, and, and you say, well, I don't go to this church, and I'm not a member of this church, and, and let me just say this to you. If you're here today and you're, this isn't your church, you don't need to come up here and put in this offering today. You don't need to do that. You need to take your offering back to your church. And you need to bless your church. This is for our church family today. This is a challenge that has been laid out to our church family. So I'm not saying uh, everybody come up here and do this today. I'm saying wherever you are fed, wherever your storehouse is, that's where you go and give. Here's what I'm teaching you today. Wherever you give, not just here, but wherever you give to the work of God, it breaks that stronghold of materialism. And let's face it, we're all human. All of us are human. So we all, our, our nature is toward possessing things. Our nature is toward having nice things and, and being attached to materialism. And God says, if you will be 
faithful in your giving, if you will obey me in your generosity, God says, it will be the antidote for materialism. Okay? Again, God is not against nice things. God wants you to have nice things, but he does not make us prosper just so we can spend it all on ourselves. When God blesses you and prospers you, it is not so you can just, just heap it upon yourself. God wants you to bless others. Look what it says in 1 Timothy 6.17. 1 Timothy 6.17 says, Command those who are rich in this present world not to put their hope in wealth, which is so what? Uncertain. It's uncertain. But to put your hope in God, who richly, this is powerful language, provides us with how much? For our? See, we thought God didn't want us to enjoy anything. I've got to tell you something. I've heard teaching about enjoying life that almost sounded like if it's fun, it's probably a sin. Have y'all heard that teaching? Have you, were any of y'all brought up in that kind of teaching? They didn't really come out and say it that way, but boy, you sure felt that way when they got through. You know, if I'm laughing, if I'm smiling, if I'm, if I'm having a great time, I've got to be doing something wrong. But look what the Word of God says. God says that He provides everything for us for our enjoyment. Enjoyment. We're going to talk a little bit more about joy in just a minute. But giving makes us more like God. It draws us closer to God. And it gives us victory over materialism. How, how many, um, you know, I'm an old guy. Matter of fact, I'm 52 years old, and I've got about another week and a half to say that. So I'm going to just keep saying it over and over and over. But um, how many of y'all remember flypaper? Flypaper. There's a bunch of old people here today. Good. Um, uh, how many of y'all remember grandma's house or maybe your house you lived in? where you didn't always turn the light on by hitting a switch on the wall, but sometimes there's a little string hanging down in the middle of the room. Y'all remember that? That was really actually more convenient a lot of times because my grandma would tie a string to that string and then tie the other end to the the post on the bed, and you could just lay in bed and turn the light on and off. It was awesome, man. I can't do that where I live now. You know, progress ain't always good. You know what I'm saying? It's like that cell phone thing, you know. We come up with talking to each other, and then later we start texting, writing it all down. I don't get that either. So anyway, y'all know how I am about that. But um, So progress isn't always a good thing. But um, I remember my grandma used to, went during the summer, and we lived on a farm, and, and uh, boy, you got pigs and cows, and, and flies just, they just love pigs and cows. And so they would, uh, grandma would hang flypaper on that string. Do y'all remember? And it would just hang down. They'd pull it out of that little cardboard thing. It would hang down like a curly Q pigtail. How many young people do we have here this morning who are going, I have no idea what you're talking about? All right, thank y'all. Okay, so when I was little, I would just stare at that flypaper. <laughs> I, I wasn't real smart. So I'd just stare <laughs> at that flypaper. I just thought it was cool. And I don't know what it had on it. It had stuff on it that flies thought they liked. And so flies would come, and they would see it and smell it or whatever, and they would go around. And I could almost hear them going, my paper, my paper. And then they'd land on it. And I could almost hear the paper say, my fly, my fly. 
You see, we start out possessing our possessions, but if we're not careful, our possessions will begin to possess us. Like the flypaper. So that's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about being generous so that you can break that stronghold of materialism. Number four, giving strengthens my faith. When I give, my faith is built up. I have more faith. When I give, my faith is built up not just in the area of finances, but in every area. My faith for healing. My faith for my children. My faith for my family. My my faith for the future. It's all built up. Malachi 3.10, bring your whole tithe into my storehouse. Test me on this. Test me on this. This is the only place God says this in the Bible. God says, test me. Put me to the test. That's what we're doing today. We're going to give today, and some of you are going to tithe for the first time in your life. I had a man stand in my office Wednesday night. Great guy. love him to death. He's kind of new to our church. He looked at me. He said, Pastor, Sunday, I'm going to tithe for the first time in my life. This coming Sunday. I said, go on with your bad self. And so he is coming to tithe today, and here's what he's going to discover. He's going to discover that when he tithes today, that God is going to reveal himself to him in a way he never has before. And so he is going to open up a channel, listen, listen, of God's blessing to flow into his life. See, he thinks God's been flowing into his life, and God has, but when he does this today, he's going to open up a whole nother river, a whole nother channel. Look what it says. It says, test me on this, says the Lord, on this tithe thing, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven. That sounds pretty awesome to me right there. And pour out so much blessing, might not be money, But God knows what we need most, doesn't he? And I will pour out a blessing that you won't have room enough for. You know what we often say? We often say, hey, God, you bless me first, and then I'll tithe. You ever heard somebody say, if I had a million dollars? Preacher, if I had a million dollars, you know what I'd do for the church? I know what you'd do with a million dollars. You do the same thing you're doing with $10. If you're not giving God 10 cent out every dollar at what you're making now, you won't sure won't give him 10 cent out every dollar when you make a million dollars. Matter of fact, the more money you make, the harder it is to be faithful in your time. Because you know, if you make a thousand dollars a month and you write down a hundred. Boy, if you make 5000 a month and you got to write 500 you're like, woo, you know? So, so whatever you do with what you make now is what you will do if you're blessed financially later on down the road. You getting more money is not the answer. Be faithful with what you make now. And then as God pours into your life, you will continue to be faithful. You will be much more likely to continue to be faithful. Um, you know, a lot of people are like, if you bless me now, God, then I'll, then I'll obey you. It's almost like, uh, going back to my granddaddy again, we grew up on the farm and uh, I remember one day he took me out to, um, water the cows. And, uh, you know, I was probably 10 years old and he gave me a bucket and he said, go over there and there's a pump and you pump this bucket full of water and you bring it back, we're going to water the cows. 
So I took the bucket and ran over there because I love doing this kind of stuff. I loved it. And so I ran over there and I hung the bucket on this weird-looking spigot. I mean, the spigot had a t head on it about that big. had a big old snout coming out. It had a big old arm hanging down the back. Y'all know what it was? It was a pump. So I put the thing on there and I grabbed that pump and I went, oh, yeah. <laughs> there's nothing happening. Just like at church when we're going, somebody praise God. Somebody say hallelujah. Somebody. It's like we've lost our what? Prime. Okay. So I said, hey, granddaddy, this thing's broke. There's no water in it. I said, but there's a jar of water down here beside it. You want me to bring you that? Y'all know what he told me to do? He told me to pour it in that pump. That old rusty thing sticking up out of the ground. This is all the water we had now. And he wanted me to pour it in there. To get what I needed, I had to go ahead by faith and pour that water down that old rusty pipe. And I thought, oh man, you've lost your mind. This is all the water we have. And you want me to pour it in here? Pour it in there. I poured it in there. He said, now pump it. And when I hit that pump handle about four or five times, it went... And I don't know what that was, but it sounded good to me because it got harder. And I kept hearing this sound and this noise that was coming up. All of a sudden, it came out and filled the bucket. He said, now run with the bucket because I didn't want it to what? Lose it? Just like y'all. Y'all lose your prime real easy. So I have to, you know what I'm saying? So I ran down, I guess, I said, here. And the granddaddy's poured it in the trough. And he said, run back now. And I ran back, and it hadn't lost its prime. And, I, and man, as long as I pumped that handle, water kept coming out. And all I had put in was that little jar. But by faith, by faith, I had to pour in that little bit for God to be able to pour out so much more back on me. Y'all with me out there? Amen, amen. So giving um, is, and it is a, it strengthens my faith. Number five, let me hurry. Giving is an investment for eternity. You all do know you cannot take your money with you, don't you? You know that? Anybody seen a hearse pulling a U-Haul? <laughs> No, I've never seen that. You, you can't take it with you. Listen, let me tell you what you, you can send it on ahead though. You can send it on ahead. And you send it on ahead by investing it in people who will go there, who will go to heaven. Did you see those little children on the video sitting there at that table bored? And then all of a sudden the man came in with the offering plate and out of the offering plate came all the supplies they needed to, to do the class and teach the class in a creative way that kids enjoy. That's what we try to do right here. And, and, and the money you give in the offerings here every Sunday, we put it right into the bank and then we budget it out to our different ministries here at the church and they use it to reach little children. And they use it to give to missionaries and we give to the soup kitchen and we give to the homeless shelter and we give to, 
people who go out on the street and, and preach to those on the street. And, and we give it to so many different areas and so many different missionaries. And we bless people who are, who are down on their luck and their lights have been turned off and their water's been turned off. And we're able to, because of your giving, come to the rescue and help them. And here's what I'm saying to you. When you give and we use your money to show the love of Jesus, then people turn to Jesus and accept Jesus. And that means your investment ends up going to heaven. And when you get to heaven, these people may not know you down here, but I believe God will say to them, hey, that guy gave $1,000 or that guy gave $100, and I want to tell you that it caused you to hear the gospel and be in heaven. And I believe that person will come to you and go, you know what, you don't know me and we've never met, but Jesus told me you're one of the reasons I'm here today. See, it's an eternal investment. Jesus said, store up treasures where? In heaven, in heaven, store up treasures in heaven. How do you do that? Look at 1 Timothy 6, 18 and 19. Give how? Give. Now, if you don't give happily, that's fine. Remember I told you. (laughs) But if you want to be blessed. Now, here's what you ought to do since I've been preaching on that this morning. When you come up here and put your money, just grin. (laughs) Fake it. But give with joy. Give with joy. Give happily to those in need and always be ready to what? Share whatever. Might not be money. Whatever God has given you. By doing this, when you do this, you will be storing up real treasure for yourselves in heaven. It is the only safe investment for eternity. Number six. Giving makes me more like God. Giving draws me closer to God. Giving is a victory over materialism, provides that victory. Giving strengthens my faith. Giving is an investment for eternity, and giving blesses me. When I give, I'm blessed. When I give, I get blessed. You say, oh, no, no, no. I'm so holy. I'm so pure. I'm so righteous. My motives are so pure that when I give, I don't even think about that. Well, that's fine. If you don't want your blessing for giving, tell God Pharaoh will take it. Because look what it says. It says in Proverbs 22, 9, a generous man, and that means human, a generous person, will, will himself be what? Blessed. Look at Psalm 112, 5 and 6. Good. Anybody need any good to come in their life? Good. You need some good to come in your life? Look at this. Good will come to him who is generous. Good will come to him who is generous, and a righteous man will be remembered forever. How do you want to be remembered? Do you want to be remembered as an old tightwad? Do you want to be remembered as the guy who says, I wouldn't give you air if you were in a jug? You know that guy? You don't want to be remembered like that? No, you don't. Calvin Coolidge said, no man is ever honored for what he received. He's always honored. For what he gave. You're honored for what you give. We're honored not for what we get out of life, but we're honored for what we give. Fathers, when you die, how do you want your children to remember you? Mom, when you die, how do you want your children to remember you? I want my, I want my kids to say after I'm gone, you know what? My mom and daddy didn't have much, but boy, they sure gave. They sure gave. They gave. Proverbs eleven twenty five. 25. 
a generous man will prosper. A generous man will prosper. Anybody need an interpretation of that? Pretty easy, isn't it? He, I love this sentence, he who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. I'm going to give you guys some information today that will revolutionize your life. Just get ready to write this down. If you put corn in the ground, you're going to get corn back. Thank you very much. If you put corn in the ground, you're not getting beans. You put corn in the ground, you're not getting watermelon. You're going to get corn. You reap what you sow. Three things about sowing and reaping you need to remember. You reap what you sow. You reap more than you sow. And you reap later. So when you put this seed in today, don't go run out tomorrow and go, Bring it. You always reap later. Do you know God knows what to give you? He knows how much to give you, and he knows when to give it to you. Trust him. Trust him. If you sow criticism, when you need to be encouraged, you're not going to reap encouragement. You're going to reap criticism. If you sow gossip... When you need somebody to say something good about you, you're not going to reap that because you didn't sow it. You're going to reap gossip about yourself. When you sow encouragement, when you sow love and blessing and encouragement, when you need it, God's going to bless you with it. He's going to bless you with the same thing you sow. He's going to bless you with more. And he's going to bless you later, later down the road. Final thing, giving makes me happy. Giving makes me happy. Giving is the source of joy. Jesus said there's more happiness in giving than there is in receiving. There's more joy in giving than in receiving. It is my nature to be selfish. And y'all look so holy when I say that. It is your nature too. It is our nature to be selfish. God is teaching me, your pastor, God is teaching me to be more of a giver. God is trying to get me to realize that giving always feels better than selfishness. Giving always feels better than selfishness. People who have not learned this are people who have not done it. They have not done it. People who have learned this give because it makes them feel good. It is a source of joy. There are two kinds of people, givers and takers, and the ones who are happy are the givers. I've never seen a happy tightwad. Never have. Got that sour look on their face. Never seen a happy tightwad, but I've seen a lot of happy folks who, who bless others. Jesus said it. Jesus said, Jesus said, you want to find your life? You want to find it? He said, what do you have to do? Lose it. You want to find your life? Lose it. In other words, spend it for me. Give it away. Spend it for me. Have you ever thought about the word miserable, that the root word of the word miserable is miser? Isn't that, isn't that interesting? That word miser meaning a, 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 a very tight person who doesn't want to give. Carl Menninger, you ever heard of the Menninger Clinic? Carl Menninger said giving is a good criterion of mental, mental health. He said, generous people are rarely, rarely do they develop mental illnesses. Generous people 
rarely develop mental illnesses. David is the first one who thought of offering fit for a king. And uh, he was about to turn everything over to Solomon, his son. And so he started, he had this big offering. He said, everybody bring your offering, kind of like we're doing today. He said, everybody bring your offering, bring your offering, and, and let's, let's give and let's build a temple that will say to the world that our God is awesome and mighty. And so they brought, and David brought, man, you ought to read. Let, let me just give you that verse again. You ought to write that down and study it when you get home. First Chronicles chapter 29, because it talks about all that David gave. And, and your pastor is going to give. I've been giving in these offerings at the bridge and here today. But the Bible says when the people gave, look what it says. The people rejoiced. They weren't sad. They weren't cast down. They rejoiced for they had given freely. Where did their rejoicing come from? From their giving. And they gave how? Wholeheartedly. That's a powerful word. You ought to do a word study on wholehearted. They gave wholeheartedly to the Lord. And then it says, Pastor David also rejoiced greatly. You know what? You know what church is going to reach more people for Jesus than any other church? A happy church. A happy church. Not a super spiritual church, and I'm not against a church being spiritual, but I'm telling you something, when people walk in here who don't know Jesus, they're not looking for super spiritual, they're looking for something different than's out there in that world. And the thing that is different in here than is out there in that world or ought to be is that when they walk in the doors of this church, they see happy and they see joy. And I got to tell you something, Whitley Church, and I preach this at the bridge too, we we ain't there yet on that. Now, I, I, we've come a long way, baby, uh, in the happiness area. But, but we're still too much about ourselves here. We're still too much. When we get to church, we're too much about our buddies and our family and being with people we know. We've got to start being more observant of new people who are coming in the door, who are saying, they may be saying, I'm giving Jesus one more try today. I'm giving Jesus one more try. I'm going to give this Bible, this church thing one more try. Let me tell you what's going to make them trust Jesus. When they feel genuine joy and love and happiness from you. They're not coming in here looking for Jesus. They're coming in here. They don't know that. They're coming in here looking for somebody who's different than that hellacious world out there that they live in. And God is wanting you to be ready for them when they come. Are y'all hearing me on this today? One of the reasons I love Pastor Matt Fry and the Cleveland Community Church is because of the joy in that church. And some of you all who have been there, you might say, well, I don't like this, I don't like that about C3, and I don't like this, and all that. That's fine. But there's no way you can say you don't like how they treat you. Because when you walk in that church, man, they're all about you. They're all about loving on you and showing you the love of Jesus. And i got to tell you, I'm going to preach on this. This is where churches are missing it. This is where churches are missing it. Our churches have become little clubs. Amen, amen. They've become little clubhouses for Christians and for family members and for people we know and we're close to. I put a challenge out there to y'all today. Listen to me. Don't make church about you. Make church. Listen, it's fine for you to hook up with your friends. I do it every Sunday too. 
But you know what? My head's on swivel. I remember when I was in football, our coach taught us. I played tailback in football. Every time I ran on the field, they told me to get my tailback on the bench. So, <laughs> but anyway, they told me to keep my head on swivel. You know what that meant? That meant, now, Pharaoh, you've got an assignment, and you've got to block this guy, or you've got to, you know, that's your assignment. But, dude, don't be so focused on your assignment that you don't know where the, I mean, if the ball's over there, go get him. Go get that guy. So you've got to keep your head on swivel. When we come to church, well, it'll be just like that. Say hello to your friends, be with your friends, but always be looking for somebody you don't know. And walk up to them and go, man, we're so happy you're here today. We're so glad you're here today. And let them know that we love them. I'm tired of going to churches where everybody looks like they got baptized in vinegar. Aren't you? I'm going to tell you all something. If the day ever comes I leave Whitley Church and I go pastor somewhere else, I'm not going to an unhappy church. I'm telling you that right now. I'll start something new before I'll do that. I'll go to downtown Botancus and I'll start a happy church. I am not going back to some of the churches I've pastored in the past where everybody's mad when you get to church and everybody looks like they didn't want to be there. I, I, man, I'm telling you. Y'all been to church like that? What church was? I'm kidding, I'm kidding, don't say it. <laughs> Let me tell you what they gave at the bridge. Now, we have the fair this week. I want to call the people and tell them, thank you for starting on Thursday night. So we had the fair this week, so the bridge attendance was way down from normal, from normal attendance at the bridge. Um, they have given over $22,000. That is unbelievable. That's absolutely amazing. And I'm thinking probably at the very most we had, we had two twenty-five. We usually have pretty close to 300. So we were down, and um, we had a lot of visitors from other churches. And, and I always tell, if you're from another church, man, unless God tells you, don't, don't give in our offering. Go back and give your money to your church. We're glad to have you, and thank you for visiting. But don't give your money to us. Go back to your church and give your money. Bless that pastor and that vision and that church. $22,000, over $22,000. So I wanted to put that out there. Now, do you think I'm going to mention it next weekend at the bridge for those who weren't there? You're mighty right. I'm going to mention it. So we're going to go over 25000 at the bridge. If we can go over 25000 at the bridge, I don't see why we can't go over 100000 here at Whitley Church. Now, I'm just going to ask you to obey God. Now, I'm going to tell you something. Listen to me now. Nobody's going to hound you about this. Nobody's going to check behind you. Matter of fact, you know what you can do? You can actually bring a a empty envelope up here and drop it in that vase and just cry <laughs> we won't know the difference <laughs> but God will um, so now listen some people may stay in their seat this morning do not judge them you don't know what their situation is you do not ju- you worry about you draw a circle get in it and worry about that guy Amen, amen, amen. You know, that guy, he didn't even go up there. Don't say that. You don't know what his situation is. He might, he, he might get his check next week. Amen, amen, okay? 
And he may want to give me his check with my name. I don't know what he's going to do. You know, leave the guy alone. <laughs> but here's what we're going to do. We're going to sh- I'm going to show you a video today of a man who came to our church over a year ago, a little over a year ago. And um, the challenge of tithing was put before him when he came here. As a matter of fact, he will tell you on this video that when they came to visit our church for the very first time, I was preaching on the offering fit for a king. And he says in the video what he did and how it's changed his life. Now, while the video is going on, our band is going to get ready. And when they walk up and begin to sing right after this video clip, I want you to come down that aisle and that aisle. I want you to come down that aisle and that aisle. And let's come and then let's go right back up this aisle.